0: Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor before we begin I want to remind everybody at home that we do have a cartoonist kayfabe patreon now with multiple levels the top level king kayfaber gives you access to our recording sessions so We're watch it right now actually talking to them uh, in between videos talking to them about upcoming guests and questions and uh, just kind of talking comics a little bit a little bit of a closer more intimate conversation so uh check out our patreon we also have some free posts up there where you can download some drawing tools if you are a fellow maker and uh, something for everybody there and a level that will suit you. Also, we are working cartoonists. What you see here is our bibliography. The best way to support cartoonists kayfabe is to buy our books. Ed Piscor's Red Room, gearing up for Season 3, will be coming out for pre-orders now, I believe, but uh, will be coming out very shortly. Two collections are already out and available. X-Men Grand Design, Hip Hop Family Tree celebrating 10 years anniversary this year, and WYSIWYG all available. You can find Hulk Grand Design in comic shops in a beautiful fluorescent green oversized edition this month. Um, Street Angel, Deadly Scroll Alive, and The Plain Janes also available in Street Angel Princess of Poverty ready for pre-order. So pick up those books, add those to your collection if you haven't done so already. So Ed, I've been on a crime comics kick lately and uh, we'll probably be seeing more of, of uh, my reading reflected in some of the videos that we look at. But crime comics, one of those Genres that was huge pre-1954 in the comics code, you know may not have been on the level of the horror comics that, that get so much reprinting Coverage, but the crime comics had all that kind of salacious sex and violence all the stuff that offended um, Everybody that thought comics contributed to juvenile delinquency you could find it in a lot of the so-called true crime comics of the 40s and 50s and uh, a lot of the great cartoonists, you know, they did time producing in that genre, so As I've been going down this crime comics rabbit hole um, I'm kind of amazed at the amount of great comics that exist there yeah and they aren't reprinted as in in the abundance that the horror comics are so um, here's one of the first collections of crime comics that I got I got this pretty early on this is a collection from Eclipse books so I think 88 or 89 they put this together teenage dope slaves and reform school girls Hard to resist this whenever you're a uh, a teenage boy and you come across (laughs) this kind of a lurid presentation of comic books. Had to pick this up back in the day. Seen a few copies uh, float through the the kayfabe compound since we started this. And um, you can kind of see, like, Eclipse Comics building a book to sell here and building a book to sell in that bookstore trade that they were trying to break into in the 80s.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, These mid-80s, when VHS was out... it it was just the the right place, right time for enterprising people to get hold of public domain materials and just do their thing, man. Because there would be like when you go down to Ides, there would be the the video equivalent from like incredibly strange video yes. at places like that, and and basically it would be this kind of stuff with the same presentation where it's like exploitate reefer madness, you know? Yeah, that, exactly. That, that was one of the one of the uh, books, one of the videos that. Would uh, be able to be released by like ten different companies. You never seen the same reefer madness twice. <laughs> uh, when, when when you were like down down at just checking things out and and uh, same deal here, man. So like that kind of stuff already primed the pump for a comic presentation like this to exist. And and uh, dude, if you look at that front cover, I remember like getting hold of markers as a kid. Yes, and going through like in the Overstreet guides, which were black and white. Mm-hmm you could use, like, a peach marker and go over top of Superman's <laughs> face, and, like, you know, if it's Christopher yes. Reeve, and it's the exact quality. So this is clearly from, like, black and white photo, and then they just hit that with the airbrush. Or, like, you would see old pictures of your grandma, grandpap. Like, that would be colorized, like, by hand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you see the back cover I was lingering on for a minute. It's just hyperbole. Yeah. You know, like, this stuff is all sensation, and it is like Reefer Madness, where even if it's under the guise of you know, good intentions, they're still sensationalizing this stuff to try to sell it. And there's a couple of these stories, like Trapped and uh, Lucky Fights Through It. Those (laughs) are, we've looked at this before by Harvey Kurtzman. Yeah. Um, These are both, like, produced for the public good. I think um, Trapped might have been from Columbia University, maybe. It was some school that had created it, but it was that kind of, like, let's really let kids know that drugs are bad, you know? So it's a warning, but it's wrapped in the... uh what you, what you expect from Sensational Comics, because and, you're hiring the same creators to, to do these kind of public service books. And, and Lucky Fights It Through is a uh, STD yeah. uh, scenario for the G.I.s,
1: man. That's like, right. I got,
0: I got to let these guys know when you go on other shores. And Dean Mullaney, the publisher of Eclipse, kind of goes through and spells out, you know, what these stories are, what they're from. Um, there's one called Gun Happy that's basically a, uh, a cheap knockoff of the noir movie, Gun Crazy. There's a couple of Jack Kirby, Joe Simon collaborations uh, when they were doing headline comics. So some interesting stuff in here. There's also a couple of comics that are um, no credits. You know, the artist is is unknown as a result. So the first story, you know, the title story, Reform School Girls, shows up. And I think this is an unknown artist, but this is based loosely on one of the trash paperbacks. So all of those things are, are kind of of the same they're coming out of the same place it's it's uh exploitation is what any of this stuff is and i don't know about you but i i have a soft spot for all this stuff like sure. i will get you know exploitation crime novel collections you know that are like the cover art and maybe they talk a little bit about the background of those things and it's the same it's coming from the same spot these are commercial endeavors like these are people that are trying to sell stuff
1: yeah totally and and uh it's it's from an era where there's very little to kind of consume on a mass level the t- TV really hasn't hit its mark or anything right. like that so like one of the results of that is that nearly a 100% of the population is is literate in some form or fashion and they're so like it would be about the cheapness of the shit that you're reading right like so like uh there would be just weird butch right wing shit that like cats would, would would fuck with you know like uh I'm I'm listening to pulp pulp uh Audiobooks, man from like black mask and junk and people like my grandpa would mess with that like that's where Maltese Falcon comes yes. from and and you know Dad, Raymond Chandler like those dudes uh just these pot boilers but almost everybody was a reader but it didn't mean that everybody was reading
0: quality you know, yeah yeah we yeah, like in exactly. peace or something you can see uh Leroy lettering you know like like the knockoff of uh I don't want to say knockoff, but I mean, it was, EC was what I always associate with that. But you would see, like, these other companies would use it too, some of them.
1: Yeah, and I bet you if we look at dates, they, they are knocking off uh, of um, the, the, the EC pedigree, man, because it's, you know, it's hard to compete with that success. It
0: almost even looks like Johnny Craig. You see a lot of shades of uh, other genres too. This is a romance comic, basically, the reform school girl who, um, you know, falls for a hood and ends up in, a, in prison, and whenever she gets out... Guess what? The hood also has gone through his own version of reform, and uh, they find each other in the factory years later. You know, uh, that's kind of a happy ending there. Yeah, that
1: could be approved by the Comics Code, man. It's nearly (laughs) a chick tract.
0: Could be. Look at this,
1: man. Lichtenstein should have took took that panel.
0: There's a lot of these kind of, even like the floors, like the checker of the floor, like I find kind of this beautiful pattern. But this is the one that's produced by a school as you know, public service. Like, how do we get kids not to do drugs? Let's make a comic book about it. And how many of those comics exist? You know, like those public service type comics, government funded comics, propaganda, if you will. Love this, like, um, just the shot of your diner chairs feels perfect.
1: We even just, we had one of those, it was like Goofy and Donald going through like a nuclear power plant or something like that. Tell
0: us about clean energy. I find that stuff sometimes whenever I'm looking for like old public domain comics, I just found one and it was what to do if an atomic bomb goes off. I thought they would reissue that one, but uh, it's, it's <laughs> what do <you> do? crazy. <laughs> it's like a kid's, it's totally aimed at kids and it is like, here's your blast radius for, you know, DC or New York city. So, so, so my mind is like drive
1: right to the center of it so that you don't walk around looking like Deadpool with his Be mask the first one. <laughs> yeah. Let me get right under it rather than just have have some sickness.
0: I thought this car stuff was really good especially the car wreck and i love the explosion of the uh you know whatever like the starburst around it very graphic very simple too but uh you know these guys are <laughs> they've moved on to the needle now at this point this That's these happens, are hard man. drug users yeah it's it's the gateway right fleeing fleeing the uh, scene of the crime stepping stones driving under the influence great panel right here a lot of good cartooning you know because i mean these are there there were the studios, right, that they were just working and churning out comics. So whoever it's for and whatever the subject or the story, you kind of get the same approach as if this were a standard crime comic or something for a t- traditional publisher. Such a bitch to compose yeah. when you're
1: on the other side of the bars. Uh, in that first volume of Fist of the North Star, when Kenshiro gets put in there, uh, the artist... Harutetsu, he wouldn't r- really worry about like lining the face up in between the bars. He would just like let the bar kind of dissolve out so that yeah. you can see it. And you would say a lot of mangaka will do that with like eyeglasses. Like they will stop the eyeglass, like where the eyes are, just ha- kind of have it to the size. It's, it's very odd in terms yeah, of the, the American I- idiom, but but it's, it's, it solves a problem when you have characters with, you know, eyes half the size of their head and things.
0: Almost a clip art for, for Lots your Lots of this. Gun.
1: This, is, this is, might as well be Craphound. Craphound the comic.
0: <laughs> nice,
1: cool. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see that oh, stuff. Well, like When you friendship. talk about
0: Lichtenstein, that's what I think of, you know, it almost looks like the clip art. Yeah. And when you find these old comics in the 40s and 50s, like, you'll get a lot of the panels that look that way. Because, one, they're simplified for speed, but also, like, they're referencing things, and it's just the lichtenstein comes out of that yeah uh yeah so kirby and simon here doing the bobby Sox bandit queen 16 years old this girl goes on a crime spree and these were you know so many of these are based on true stories like if you look at crime does not pay which is kind of maybe like the big one the one that everybody did copy off of the one that started a lot of the crime genre success they all purport to be true stories or based on true stories it's the true crime stuff that we see now as like podcast sensationalism sure uh, that, that crime does not pay. Is that the one that has the like the little ghost guy with the top
1: hat mm-hmm. fl- yes. floating around? That is like the one kind of comic trope that uh, Alan Moore I don't think has ever fucked with. and if, and if I'm wrong, like please tell me because I want to see how he would play with that kind of like that little ghost guy following the the, the bandits around. Uh, there it is. Like you fights it through, we've got a video on this one.
0: The, uh, our Bobby Sox bandit convicted for ten years in prison. Before she turned seventeen, that's a, that's quite a crime spree, worthy of Jack Kirby's attention for a uh, teenage girl. I feel like how many movies have been based on this sort of uh, this premise?
1: I was just thinking of um, Female Trouble, the uh, the uh, John Waters flick. You know, because yeah. it's almost the same aesthetic, you know. And, and and she went on her spree. What's at her office? She didn't get cha cha heels for for Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what set up the Bobby Sucks bandit. Probably something similar. I like that she still does, does her hair in prison. School. That's true. Yeah, got it. Got to maintain the look. And crime never pays. Instead of crime does not pay. Sure. Well, you, you don't want to be plagiarists. Right. You don't want to plug your uh, competition. <laughs> um, Lucky fights through it. So this is Harvey Kurtzman's first work for EC Comics. And this was done as a benefit, but through the offices of EC Comics. And, you know, we look at this on another video, so you can check that one out in depth. But kind of cool to see about as straight as you see Harvey Kurtzman, you know, because he becomes more of himself um, stylistically, I think, with some of the other EC stuff and and post-EC work that we look at with him. But pretty straightforward here where it's almost you can imagine him, you know, just trying to get
1: comics work. Yeah. And and you got to you got to play it straight when you get, when you get started out, he becomes an editor, so he becomes the de facto boss, packager of the, of the book. He could start to loosen up and, and and do his own thing. But even when he did do that stuff, you know, like with his rubbery figures and all that, I don't think that was dashed out. I th- I think he yeah. was very
0: laborious and and that's like the final line that he chose for a very specific reason. Yeah, it's neat to see his work in this stage where it's not like, the surface, I don't think, is the most attractive part of this work. Sure. But if you look at this, like, you can see all the composition and the storytelling is here. Like, it's really sound. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the inner ninja cowboy. The,
1: the, the song that you sing when your dick is dripping with gonorrhea juice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. What a wild document and I can almost imagine if you're Dean Mullaney putting something like this together, you probably build it around a couple of these. Like we've this, got some Jack Kirby crime comics. We've got this Kurtzman piece. This is huge because
1: uh in stuff like the Overstreet Guide, there would be mention of Lucky Fights It Through, the S T D comic and because like in, you know, there's eighties Overstreet Guides, like AIDS is out there, so like STDs are big in the news, uh, when we were growing up and shit. And listen a 1950s scd comic like like how how do you dance around that and uh you you do it with a lot of like well she's a strumpet and like like, this chick she came from out of town like she hangs out with
0: too many fellas too many cowboys (laughs) combine it with some western drama sell this book Gun Happy, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, artist is listed as unknown. I don't know if that's possible to find the actual artist now with a little few more resources online looking. But this is the one that's the knockoff, as uh, Mulaney says, of Gun Crazy, one of the early film noirs. Man, there are some familiar marks here there are yeah yeah you kind of i'll see panels and think this artist or that artist but you know again maybe a studio job
1: yeah 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 yeah. like i like i i truly think that like jack came and touched a piece or two of this
0: man i love the old cars too that they would draw like all of these old car panels to me i feel like are just you know it's a period piece now like back in the day it was just they were making a, a contemporary comic but now you look at this stuff that, i mean this is 75 years old comic sure it also... Back like to Kirby? I got this when I was pretty young, and I would be so frustrated with this kind of Kirby. This was so far removed from what I thought of as Kirby, and I would, I would look at it and just think, like, hmm, he just wasn't very good in the beginning. And boy, do I feel like an idiot now, I, saying that. Yeah,
1: I, lo- I love the uh, tandem of uh, Simon-Kirby, because it, it's very weird inks. It's, it's Joe Simon, like, feathering uh, hatch lines, which it doesn't exactly work, but there's, there's something... There's something about it, man that that just really speaks to me. I got those boy commandos in one of those legendary boxes my dad got at the flea market. that really put me on the path to to dig up that shit,
0: yeah yeah, it's incredible if you're a fan of somebody like a Jack Kirby that you can have these decades' worth of work from different eras and different styles like all this stuff with Joe Simon has such a distinct flavor man, and there's they, a
1: lot of it. they getting paid by the word on these fucking pages How about here that, man seriously, Jesus.
0: Yeah, and think of your Jesus. Getting, let getting Jack draw this in. Uh, you know, probably what five, six, eight of these stories in an issue.
1: You get your money's worth. And, and a big a big part of these comics' existence and their popularity are the eighteen-year-old army guys right. who are reading comics and they come home and they start to set up families and shit. And it would be silly to still be reading Batman and all that. So like, let's let's get something with some stakes, man. Something that, uh, that uh, you know is
0: handling contemporary issues. And then one of the uh, one of the stranger pieces that's included in here is Rex Morgan. The Teenage Dope Slaves of the cover title is a Rex Morgan strip that was reformatted to kind of like fit a comic book format and packaged that way, but based on the Rex Morgan newspaper comic strip. And so most of the uh, criticisms I've seen of this book lay it on pretty thick against the Rex Morgan yeah, story sure. as being very stiff but this is a survey of kind of like what the drug culture was like in the early fifties and some of the comics that I'm working on right now are involved in that same topic. And so you do see this, you know, like when comics are contributing to juvenile delinquency, drugs are another one of those scourges, you know, like that's relatively early days of the uh, federal Bureau of narcotics, which would become the DEA. And it's, it's kind of the same, you know, everybody's trying to figure this stuff out. And it's funny to think like drugs and comic books, as being the two, you know, two big factors that are influencing teenage delinquency. Right. How dumb are we in hindsight? Yeah. Did anyone, you know, like, <sighs> we had Senate hearings, like in my mind, I'm like, did anybody take that seriously? But we devoted a lot of taxpayer money to the idea of like comic books being, oh, you know, between them and drugs, what hope do kids have? You gotta be kidding me. Wh- whatever
1: the next big thing is, man, is is, is always the deal. And I, I remember even, um at the time it was a joke when, uh bill o'reilly was railing against barack obama for having this rapper named common who is a chicago rapper uh come to the white house and he's like breaking down like all the stuff that common did over the years and and, like was affiliated with i don't know bill (laughs) o'reilly bill bill of the free (laughs) shit, and it's like dude this is common this is the squarest rapper in all of it like you gotta dig deeper if you're gonna try to like it would be like saying mr rogers came to visit me in terms of in hip-hop speak because common's most inoffensive dude ever so like these guys like they try to uh it's 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 fear-mongering uh you know dad dad's dad's out at work all the time uh once you start hitting puberty it's not too hard to bully mom and just do whatever the hell you want so there's got to be a reason for it and it's probably drugs and comic books that's causing you to go crazy i love the hyperbolic shot look at the pills see even even me like I'm like I'm I'm square at this day like right now where it's like I would just have to it would just be pills in in the comic. like I wouldn't know what they are or like how they work it would just be like yeah
0: pills are the drug I find this interesting in terms of how do you reformat a daily strip to give it some interest in a comic book page it reminds me of the idea of like oh I'm gonna put my comic on Instagram but then it also I am gonna print it as a page. Yeah. And, and there's work like, being reformat- done there. Like
1: like go oh, back real quick. Because like the lettering is the same as the lettering here. So so yeah. things are being cut. There's art that's not here. I, they might have just taken that hand out of a panel and fucking blew it up. Because this let- lettering should be much bigger. Yeah, Maybe this hand would be way smaller. I don't know.
0: And by the way, like a lot of this stuff I think actually looks really good as is isolated panels.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not the cool fucking crap hound that uh, Rex Morgan turned into, you know, but it's, it's definitely extremely derivative of Kniff and, yes. you know, the popular stuff
0: of the day. <laughs> uh, listen, man, I would read that comic. Look at how big those lines look in this, like, blown up panel and stuff. It's, be, such a, uh, it's such a brush line. It might be
1: bigger than the actual artwork yeah. uh, of, the, of the original panel.
0: I thought for a second that was your blown up pills panel, but a right. uh, little bit of a different pose. But you see, kind of like um, again, the challenge for for this strip, I think, is like how do you turn this strip into comic book pages? Yeah, which is uh, there are examples of that. There were there are Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse comics like that where they reformat yeah. for like the big book collections. Yeah, and, and I used to have those and get so angry at them because you're you're completely destroying like what the aesthetic of you know, like, page design is such a big part of Karl Barks, for example, totally. and to cut those panels up and rearrange them into, like, album-sized pages, man, you're, that's you're, you're doing some weird stuff. Yeah, that's
1: a travesty. I thought you were saying that, like, maybe they were taking Floyd Godfrey's and Dailies and, and doing something which is, like, yeah, sure, but listen, man, I got rid of, um, I got rid of, like, my Blackthorn Dick Tracy's when the IDW shits. Spearheaded by Dean Mullaney, by the way, uh, publisher of Eclipse Comics. Um, when those started coming out, like, you know, I didn't need those black thorns that were so tiny and format eight, eight panels a page. Like,
0: You know, the great ones, though, are those Gladstones, the uh, like the Color Dick Tracy comic books. I think there's five or six of those. I think you may have given me a couple of those. Yeah. I, I know I have a couple, but not a full run, but I've pulled those out Future and I've reps. been reading those. Future yeah, definitely. Those are sweet. Um, but one of the, uh, like I said, one of the early exposures for me to those 40s and 50s crime comics, because I got this thing sometime in the 90s, and... I don't know, man. I I, I'm I've been enjoying going down that rabbit hole, but it also speaks to how like different time periods of comics and when you get into them, how you react. It's true. Because this did nothing for me in the '90s. I was probably disappointed overall in it. And now I go back and revisit it, and it's like this is the stuff I'm looking at right now. You gotta have that context, you know, and you, you just got like a more sort of
1: mature point of view. You know that you know the situation these guys were in while they were working. Like you're probably like you know fanboy mode back in the day, but also you have a lot of comics making under your belt so you could diagnose the inadequacies of these strips to make sure that whatever you're working on whatever you're doing whatever this is inspiring like you ain't going to make maybe the same boring mistakes or or whatever you notice in here that might take you out of the moment
0: it's probably me going from like sin city at the time to this right sure oh more crime comics i love crime comics (laughs) and you're like what the heck is this you know where where that never happened though like with the Sin
1: City stuff is like you hear you hear johnny craig in the interviews Mm. and then you go to the crime suspense stories and it's like Oh, yeah, more of this, man. Like, like those are flawless.
0: Yeah, definitely. Good to
1: go? I am. K okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. We have a Patreon uh, that, uh, depending on your level of support, you're watching us stream this video right now, and you already picked up a copy of uh, Teenage Dope Slaves before <laughs> Gen Pop gets the vid. But,
0: Jimmy, tell the people what else we have out there. Hulk Grand Design coming out in February to comic shops everywhere. Reserve your copy today if you haven't already because they are going fast in pre-orders. Thank you very much for that. Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Live, Plain Janes also available. And Street Angel, Princess of Poverty available for pre-order now. You can join me on my Patreon at patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see lots more of my art. You can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics and you can see what I'm working on next.
1: Red Room Crypto Killers issue one is being solicited for a May release. It's going to be four monthly issues. Each issue completely self-contained and there are two trade paperbacks out there in the wild right now. Also containing four uh, self contained stories, so scoop them up, give them a shot. If you dig them, grab another. 10 year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree, scoop up those comics. X Men Grand Design, three volumes of that, is out in the wild. And uh, the occasional WYSIWYG you're going to see out there. I'm serializing the new Red Room stuff on my Patreon. Three bucks to get you the archive, more than 300 pages worth of comics up there. New strips every Tuesday. Jimmy,
0: tell the people how they can also support the channel. Subscribe to the Cartoonist K-Fabe e-newsletter at the links below the video. You can also find Cartoonist K-Fabe t-shirts, merchandise, mugs, stickers, fanny packs, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also below this video. Beautiful way to keep the lights on in the k studios and keep these vids rocking. Jimmy, Given the marching orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.